Welcome to the Life Launch Podcast. My name is Heather Borsma. I'm a certified business coach who helps mama entrepreneurs double their business with more heart and less hustle. Want to learn how? Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Life Launch Podcast. Today, I'm recording this podcast from in my bed. And the reason why I'm in my bed is because last Friday, I unfortunately had a bit of an accident. I tripped down a couple of stairs in my home and ended up breaking my ankle. I know. (laughs) I wasn't even doing anything crazy. I wasn't working out. I wasn't, you know, trying to skateboard or do something I shouldn't be doing as an almost 40-year-old, I was walking down the stairs. But I am recovering, and I'm grateful that um, things feel a little bit better each day, uh, even though it's definitely... Today, I wanted to talk about mental health tips for female entrepreneurs. And the reason I wanted to address this is because I was doing some research this last week, and one of the statistics that I came across was that 72% of entrepreneurs are directly or indirectly affected by mental health issues. And on average, 7% of the population suffers from depression, while 30% of entrepreneurs do. And so this isn't an episode about depression necessarily, but it's an episode where I want to address some of the things that I think are really important for female entrepreneurs to be paying attention to that are going to protect and care for their mental and emotional health. So that's where we're headed today. And it's fitting that this is happening on the week that I am recovering the first week of recovery from my broken ankle, because I just to give you a little bit of context, I wanted to go into my 40th birthday, the strongest I'd ever been. That was my goal. My 40th birthday is coming up on December 6th. And I have been over the last month or two working with a coach to increase my strength through training and diet, nutrition, And I had been really starting to see some amazing progress. I was working out four or five times a week, loving it. Um, I was eating super healthy, nutritious food, really prioritizing protein and vegetables. And I had already seen a big difference from that. Um, In the last month, I had lost uh, five to six pounds and six inches on my body as well. And then I had this accident and oh my goodness, it, it really kind of took the, <laughs> took the legs out from under me, literally, um, because I had this goal to be strong for 40 and it felt like such a loss that now I can't be walking. I was getting 15,000 steps a day and I can't do that anymore. And I was working out four or five times a week and I can't do that anymore. And, and it was really discouraging and frustrating and what I've been reflecting on over the past six days as I've been thinking about what it means to be strong at 40 is I'm realizing that a lot of what I'm going to be building up over the next six to eight weeks is my mental strength. And if I think about this, the kind of strong that I want to be, it's not just physically strong. I do still want that and I know I'll recover and I will be able to still create that whether or not it's before my 40th birthday or not. 
But what I have the opportunity to create over these next eight weeks is mental strength, kind of what inspired this episode today. And I hope that by the time you are finished this next 20 minutes, you will feel inspired to prioritize your mental health and also equipped with some tools to do so. So let's dive right in. The first thing I want to talk about is the unique challenges that female entrepreneurs face. This is a realm that is different than anything else because we as women A lot of us, and I'm not going to make the assumption that this is everybody, but a lot of us are juggling both family and business responsibilities. And if there's something I've noticed in the last week, it is how much I do for my family. And I'm not saying that to be like, wow, I'm amazing. Like, I just thought it was no big deal. Like I, I never feel like I'm overwhelmed or like I don't have a great partner who's helping me with the family, but I did not realize how much I actually do until I couldn't do it. Laundry, for example, our laundry machines are in the basement and I have been spending most of my time on the second floor and the main floor. And I can't do laundry. I can't carry the laundry basket down the stairs because I'm on crutches. I can't bring the laundry back upstairs after it's clean. Again, I'm on crutches. Meal prep. Try prepping a meal, getting things in and out of the fridge while you're on crutches. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it's really difficult to do. There's just so many ways that I take care of my family that I am, I'm doing as, as the woman. And I mean, we all have different roles in our families and different ways that we negotiate these things with our partners, but we as women carry a lot when it comes to the family. We do a lot of planning. We do a lot of drop-offs and pickups and organizing the family calendar and groceries and meal prep and all these things. And we're also balancing that with all the responsibilities that we have in our business. And as female entrepreneurs and small business owners, a lot of us also are the only one working in our businesses. So not only are we juggling all these family responsibilities, but we're running a business by ourselves. Um, Maybe you have a part-time VA or you have someone that you've hired on, but at the end of the day, most of these tasks fall on you. You are the the service provider. You are also the marketer, the branding agent, the social media manager, the bookkeeper, the accountant, depending on whether or not you've been able to delegate and find some people to help you with these things or not. It's a lot. It's a lot for us to carry. And the mental load that we carry, it impacts us. So that's one aspect of the challenge and pressure that the fem- that we as female entrepreneurs are encountering. Another thing that we deal with that's kind of unique is we deal with a lot of imposter syndrome because of gender biases. We are still the minority. Female entrepreneurs are the vast minority, and it's still a realm where uh, men are you know, more expected to be in those roles of entrepreneurs and expected to be the ones creating businesses and making lots of money. And even if you don't necessarily feel like oppressed or something like that, there is still a lot that we are working against as women in this role. And it's sometimes 
you know, challenging to feel like you're taken seriously, like you know what you're talking about, like you have something of value to offer. And that takes a mental uh, toll on us as well. And then there's also the piece of work-life balance. And this is something that I talk a lot about in my program business launch. When I think of work-life balance, I really think of like, how are we taking care of ourselves and the people that are important to us in our lives and our businesses and trying to figure out how to give ample time to all those different things is really tough. Here's some of the symptoms that you can look out for to see if you are struggling with mental health issues. The first stress, anxiety, and burnout. I mean, you just say those, that list to yourself and you're like, yep, yep, uh, maybe, (laughs) right? It's like, if, if you are running your own business and also caring for a family, you are probably feeling stressed on a semi-regular basis. You are probably waking up and looking at your to-do list and thinking like, how am I supposed to get this all done in a day? I saw a a meme the other day that, uh, someone posted like, I've quit my full-time job and taken on a new role of uh, reading and replying to emails from the school. Just that alone, trying to keep up with all of the different activities. I have three kids in school and every day they're coming home with a new permission form or a picture day card that I'm supposed to scan to find the photos, you know, an extra PD day where they're going to be home that I wasn't planning for them to be home. It's an endless stream of emails from the school. And that's just one little aspect. It's very easy to feel stressed out. It's very easy to feel like you're constantly running from one thing to the next to the next. And you're also the the one keeping all that information in order and keeping track of it all. And it's easy for us to end up in a place of feeling anxious, of feeling like we're worrying about the future or we're thinking about, you know, how we didn't show up well in the past, the past being even yesterday. And, and is there things that you're like, I wish I would have showed up differently. I wish I wouldn't have yelled at my child when they were just trying to get my attention. I wish I would have had a chance to connect with my partner instead of just checking out and being on my phone. Anytime we are thinking about and regretting or reliving the past or worrying and, and what ifing the future we're going to experience that anxiety. And if you're, if you're experiencing that, that is a sign that you might be dealing with some mental health issues. And I'm not talking about like you have some kind of diagnosis even of anxiety, but that your mental health is, is something that you need to be paying attention to. If if you're feeling that high stress, you're feeling that high anxiety, you're feeling on the edge of burnout. That's something to pay attention to. Another thing is depression and isolation. We carry a lot of stress when we are running our own businesses because we have that financial stress. It falls on us. When you work for someone else, you are not the one that the buck stops with you at the end of the day. But when you are an entrepreneur, that's you. You're the one. Pressure can be debilitating that pressure can cause us to spiral into a place where we feel hopeless, especially if your business isn't doing as well. If you aren't hitting your financial goals, if you're not able to pay your bills, or if you're you know, having a, a lower revenue month or year, it's very easy to get discouraged and to feel hopeless. 
And again, I'm not talking about clinical depression here. I'm talking about that feeling of hopelessness that starts to really take over and where it starts to feel like there's more days that you're feeling dark than there are days that you are feeling hopeful and light. That is something to pay attention to. Um, Another is isolation. Again, I, I touched on how many of us are solo entrepreneurs, so we're doing this on our own. It's very easy to feel lonely. And one of the things that I'm learning as I'm studying polyvagal theory and going through a course and a certification right now is that we feel the most safe and most regulated when we are co-regulating, which means when we are in relationship with other people where we feel safe and seen and heard and known. When is the last time that you sat down with somebody and really felt like you were able to share the stresses, the worries, the anxieties, and have them hear you and have them understand you and have them support you in that. So many of us don't even give people a chance to support us because we keep it all in and we feel like we have to be so strong and we don't want to burden somebody. I know just the other day I was having a really hard day um, and I didn't reach out to anybody and, and I got to the end of the day and I was like, oh man, I got to, I got to text somebody. I need to tell somebody what's going on. Like I was in a dark spot and I thought I just have to deal with this on my own and I don't want to burden anybody. Everybody has so much going on in their lives. I'm, I'm just going to be a burden. And I finally was like, no, I know that I need to reach out. I know that I'm just getting in a dark place here. And so I sent my best friend a litany of text messages and, Um, and I was like, I'm sorry to, you know, put this all on you. And she was like, do not apologize. Like, that is what I'm here for. I want to know, I want to hear you and see you. And I'm super grateful that I have friends like that in my life. I also have to remember to actually reach out to them and whether you feel like you have those people or not, I want you to know that you are not alone. And you do not have to be isolated and you do not have to figure everything out on your own. And that's why I created the business launch community because I wanted there to be a safe place for female entrepreneurs to not feel isolated and to not feel like they're on their own. And if that's something that you're struggling with, that's another sign that your mental health might need to be addressed and might need to be made a bit more of a priority because at the end of the day, if you're out there serving and giving and loving everybody else and you are not taking care of you, it is not going to be sustainable because at some point you will break down. At some point you will burn out. At some point you will feel empty. And this episode is really about encouraging you to fill yourself up before you get to that point so that you don't get there, so that you can keep serving and loving and giving to your community, to your clients um, in the way that you feel so passionate to do without burning out. Let's shift a little bit away from you know recognizing when you're struggling to what are some strategies that you can start to implement that are going to improve your mental well-being. We're going to start with something really practical and that maybe doesn't sound too sexy, but you know, if, if you've been around here, you know that I think it's super sexy and that's time management. <laughs> time management is so sexy. It really is because when you start to learn how to manage your time, you end up gaining time back. 
And I consistently see it with my clients that as they start to learn these time management strategies, they end up with more time on their hands and their problem becomes instead of I don't have enough time to get everything done, their problem becomes I have so much time on my hands, I don't know what to do with myself. Literally just this week, I was coaching a client on that. She's like, everything is going so well and I have so much time. What am I supposed to do with my time? And I was like, ah, what a great problem to have. So when it comes to time management, the thing I kind of always come back to is moving from that to-do list to that schedule. Our brains are not built to house a to-do list. They are not built to be a storage system. They are built to be a processing system. And so when we leave items that we need to get done on a to-do list, we really create a whole list of unmade decisions for ourselves and and set ourselves up to uh, make decisions that aren't necessarily aligned with our values and also uh, avoid doing the work that we know we need to do. So I really encourage um, my clients, my community to when you make that to-do list, take it one step further and actually schedule things into your calendar. Even if you just start doing this with your workday, blocking out that time instead of, I need to record a podcast and I need to send an email and I need to respond to this inquiry, you know, all in a day, got to figure out when to do it. Put it in the calendar from nine to 10. I'm recording the podcast from 10 to 11. I'm checking my emails from 11 to 12. I'm responding to that inquiry. That is going to free up so much space in your brain to be able to get more done in less time. Another thing, self-care strategy, set boundaries. (laughs) What does this look like? Setting boundaries is about creating safety for yourself first creating emotional, mental, physical safety. So if there are things that people are asking you to do that put you into a state of fight or flight, that put you into a state of overwhelm, that when you think about doing them, it brings up anxiety, it brings up pressure, say no. It's time to start saying no, my friend. Not every good opportunity is a good opportunity for you. And If you're constantly overriding your own intuition, that part of yourself that knows inside it's a hell yes or a hell no, if you're overriding that, you are not keeping yourself in that emotionally safe space where you can really show up and you can really thrive. So it's really powerful and important for you to say yes to the things that are aligned with your values and to say no to the good things that aren't aligned. Because when you are, are compromising on that, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you in your mental health. It's going to lead to stress. It's going to create anxiety. It's going to cause you to end up in a place of burnout. If you say no now, you are protecting yourself from mental health challenges. This is the levity of it. It's not a small thing. It's it's really weighing out the cost. Am I willing to put my own mental health at risk so that I can please somebody else? So that I can make sure I don't offend someone or disappoint someone? It's not worth it. I promise. In the long run, it is not worth it. You are never going to look back and say, I wish I would have spent more time trying to please other people. 
I can promise you, you will not be thinking that when you're 75 sitting on your rocking chair on your porch. You're not going to be wishing that you would have compromised more. You're not going to be wishing you would have done more things to try and make other people happy. You're going to be wishing that you would have lived more authentic, more true to yourself, been more brave and bold to say no when the opportunity wasn't the best fit for you. Self-care tip number three is valuing your physical health. As I mentioned, this is something I've been really leaning into as I reckon with turning 40 in a couple of weeks. I want to get stronger and stronger the older I get. And this is both a benefit to your physical health, but also to your mental health. There are so many great impacts of movement, of exercise, of nutrition, and of sleep. And I'm not going to go into all of the statistics because it's, it's stuff that you probably already know, but moving your body, it changes your state and it makes it easier for you to think powerful thoughts. Did you know that? Moving your body makes it easier for you to think powerful thoughts. If you are in a bad mood, one of the quickest ways to shift that is to get out and to exercise. Another thing is nutrition. You know, there's such a connection between our gut and our brain. And when we are eating nourishing food, when we're eating vitamin mineral rich food, we are actually improving our mental health. We're giving our brain the fuel it needs to keep functioning in a way that really serves us and supports us. When we're getting enough sleep, we are improving our mental health. One of the cool things that I read the other day about REM sleep, when we're in that REM, that deep REM sleep state, our brain is doing a couple things. One of the things that it's doing is it's problem solving. So if we were trying to figure out something in our business during the day and we couldn't figure it out, and then we go to sleep and we have a deep sleep, our brain is actually working out that problem while we are sleeping. Isn't that crazy? Sometimes we just wake up and we have a problem figured out. We come up with an idea, a solution, and we're like, how did that happen? It happened while you were sleeping. And can you imagine if you would have just stayed up late trying to figure it out instead? You're like, I can't go to bed. I got to figure this out. You might've actually been depriving yourself of the solution, Because you were depriving your brain of the REM sleep that it needed to be able to synthesize all of that information that you took in consciously and unconsciously solve the problem for you. I just think that is so cool. Another thing that happens during REM sleep is the part of our brain that regulates our emotions and the part of our brain that reasons and is more logical. Those two parts connect. They talk. (laughs) They, They communicate during REM sleep. And so if you aren't getting enough sleep and you find yourself super emotional and you're like, the littlest things are tipping you off and you can't seem to get yourself regulated and you feel just like up and down and all over the place, it could be simple as those parts of your brain aren't getting the chance to connect while you sleep because you're not getting the deep sleep that you need. So these are ways that you are, yes, of course, caring for your physical body, but you are through these physical things, exercise, nutrition, sleep, caring for your mental health. The last one and one that I'm super passionate about is mindfulness and meditation. I started meditating about three years ago. At first I was really resistant because I thought it was woo. Meditation is really about learning to become observant of your thoughts rather than identify with your thoughts. 
And I often recommend it to my clients when they find themselves in cycles of thinking that isn't serving them, but they feel stuck in and they can't get out from under. So this happened with one of my clients recently, and she was really stressing out about posting on social media. And every time she went to post, she found herself thinking like, what are people going to think? Is this post going to resonate? Am I going to get comments and likes and engagement and feedback? And it's not because she's like obsessed with social media. It's because her whole business depends on her social media and her sales depend on her social media. And when a post doesn't do well, it's really hard to not spiral out and think how this is going to cost her business. And so because she and I coach on this pretty often, I said to her, you know, I think something that would help is for you to start doing meditation because meditation isn't just about creating some Zen in your day. It does do that. It is very restful and restorative, but it's actually about learning a skill. And the skill is learning to detach from and observe your thoughts so that you can become more aware, number one, and you can also feel empowered to let a thought be there without attaching to it in your day-to-day life, to notice when you're cycling on something and be able to say, oh, this is a cycle. This is a thought. And I can actually let this thought go. I don't have to stay thinking about this over and over and over again. And this is going to serve your mental health because you're going to learn that when these really hopeless thoughts come up or when these really dark, depressive thoughts come up, that you don't have to think them. And again, I'm not talking here about clinical depression, clinical anxiety. I'm talking about when you feel depressed, when you feel anxious, when you feel burnt out, when you feel stressed out, when you feel overwhelmed and you get stuck in that spin cycle in your brain meditation is going to teach you the skill to be able to get out of that spin cycle. Last but not least, seeking support. I think that one of the most underrated mental health tools that we have access to is relationship with other people. Find a coach, find a mentor, get connected with an online or in-person community of other female entrepreneurs. If you're struggling in a certain area, get some help through therapy, find a support group. You do not have to do this on your own. You were not created to do this on your own. Even your nervous system, the way your body and brain are wired is you were wired for connection and for relationship you are going to naturally feel most safe, most at home, most connected to yourself and others when you are in relationship. And so if you don't have somebody in your life right now, maybe you're like, I've always wanted a mentor and I've never met that right person. Hire a coach. That is what a coach is there for. They are there to listen to you, to reflect back to you what you are going through, to see you, to help you regulate your own nervous system so that you can show up better for your family, for your business, for your marriage, for your life. That's why I became a coach is because I experienced the impact of being coached myself. I experienced what it was like to have someone that I could talk to every single week who could just hear me, who could Um, ask me some great questions who could help me see the things that I don't see in myself. And even more than strategy or anything else, it was really about connection and how that connection created mental stability for me. 
how that connection helped me to regulate my emotions, how that connection helped me to show up as the strongest version of myself for every other part of my life. This is why I created the business launch community. We have such a unique and incredible community. Just this last week, we had a bunch of new members on our business launch call. And one of them spoke up and said, the vulnerability that was demonstrated in this call today was astounding. And I haven't seen a community online where there has been that kind of vulnerability before. And I feel so excited that I get to be a part of this. And I took a whole page of notes and I'm so pumped and I've already gained so much. And there's just been one hour of coaching. That's the kind of community that we have in Life Launch and Business Launch. It's heart-centered, generous, passionate, big dreaming female entrepreneurs who are coming together and saying, this is what's really going on. This is where I'm truly at. These are the things I'm struggling with. And it's not just a pity party or a big downer. We're also celebrating the strengths and we're celebrating the wins and we're encouraging each other to take brave, bold action in our businesses. If you don't have a community, I want to invite you into mine. I would love to be your coach. I would love to support you in your business. And if it's not me, if I'm not the right fit, find someone who is. Do not do this on your own. Even some of you listening, you have some really great friends around you, but you're not asking them for help. You're not telling them when you're struggling. You're still trying to do it on your own. And I want to encourage you to support your own mental health, to protect yourself from burnout, from depression, from anxiety. Let the people in your life know you and see you at your worst and at your best. Don't celebrate your wins alone. Celebrate them with your people. Don't go through your struggles by yourself. Reach out Let them know what's going on so that they can have the opportunity to help you. If you're struggling to reach out, ask yourself this, how do you feel when your best friend reaches out to you and asks for help? Do you feel inconvenienced? Do you feel annoyed? Do you feel frustrated? Or do you feel valued and honored and appreciated? That's how your friend is going to feel too. Don't rob people of the opportunity of getting to feel what it feels like when someone asks you for help. It is such a beautiful thing and it's such a life-giving thing. This was a big one today. I really feel passionate about helping especially female entrepreneurs like you not just survive and get by, but to really thrive. And that thriving, it starts inside. It starts with your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health. And when you prioritize those areas, it is going to overflow into your business. It's going to overflow into your family life, into your marriage, into your friendships, into the impact that you're able to have on your communities and the world around you. If you are struggling, if you are feeling like, you know, I'm in a dark place and and nobody knows and I'm all alone and I'm overwhelmed, reach out. I would love to connect with you. And if you are looking for a therapist, I have a great recommendation as well. Post about her in the show notes. Her name's Alicia McKay. She's my best friend. She's a marriage and family therapist. She didn't know I was going to share about this on my podcast this week, but I know she has some spots available right now. So if you're in BC, especially, but also across Canada, I don't think you can if you're in Alberta, um, maybe not Ontario, but if you are looking for some mental health support from a therapist, I love 
therapy. I mean, I, I don't always love it when I'm in it. I'm, I'm in therapy right now and it's not always fun, but it's so valuable and it's so helpful. So if you're looking for that kind of support, I would love to also send you some recommendations and, um, yeah, that's all for today. Thanks for hanging with me. Thanks for being willing to have, you know, this hard conversation together and explore this difficult topic and make it normal to talk about mental health and to talk about what it looks like to be a mentally healthy entrepreneur. Have a great day. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, follow along and give us a quick review so that we can get the more heart, less hustle message into the hands of more women. And if you want to take this work even deeper, come check out Life Launch. It's my monthly coaching membership where we take all of these ideas and we apply them to your life so you can get the incredible results for yourself. Check it out at heatherborsma.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you.